First Take SA, 5 to 6 a.m. 18 minutes past 5 o'clock. The Special Investigating Unit, the SIU, says officials of the Department of Health, as well as the former Health Minister Zuelim Kize, flouted the law in awarding contracts to a company linked to Mkize's associates. The SIU says it has recommended that the department take disciplinary action against officials implicated in the matter. SIU head Andy Motibi told uh, Scopa that the unit has also referred other cases to the NPA for prosecution. This relates to contracts awarded by the department to Digital Vibes to provide communication services to the department. Joseph Mosia reports. Mkiza resigned in shame a few weeks ago when the extent of his involvement in the matter started becoming clearer. While some of the details of what happened had already emerged from the court papers at the special tribunal, the SIU provided members of SCOPA with further details of what took place. The unit says Mkiza failed to execute his responsibilities according to the constitution and relevant laws. It has found that he caused the department to incur irregular, fruitless and wasteful expenditure. It adds that he may even have committed a crime and been negligent when approving budgets in respect of the NHI and the COVID-19 media campaigns. With regard to the officials, the SIU details how senior, middle and junior officials had bent the rules to ensure that Digital Vibes wins the bids. Lead investigator Johnny LeRoux explains what they have done to try and recover some of the monies paid to the company. So we obtained and reviewed all the available supply chain management documentation relating to the National Health Insurance and the COVID-19 procurement process for the Department of Health. We interviewed the following individuals. Here we're not mentioning the names, but just in high category what positions they hold. So these are the National Department of Health staff members involved in the procurement process, suppliers invited to participate in the NHI tender process, government communications and information system officials, that's the GCIS officials, witnesses relevant to possible corrupt payments and or transactions, and analyze the bank accounts of digital vibes. We served five to eight notices to all companies that received material payments from digital vibes. We also served section five to be notices on various banks to obtain records of the beneficiaries. We served 5TB notices and C notices on several members. We performed company director property and vehicle searches on all potential implicated entities and individuals. We briefed senior counsel for purposes of obtaining a preservation order and other potential civil litigation processes. LaRue says the SIU has referred seven matters to the National Department of Health for disciplinary action. The unit has also referred other matters to the National Prosecuting Authority and the Hawks for criminal prosecution. Here we have referred 19 matters to the NPA on the 8th of July 2021. And this again involves senior management, middle management, junior officials and private individuals. The charges range from fraud registered under Pretoria Care 630 of June 06. Uh, 2021. And I just need to uh, indicate that we are constantly meeting with the Hawks on these matters. SIU head Endimu TV also addressed the issue of the safety of whistleblowers and other witnesses. This follows the killing of a Houghton government official who blew the whistle on PPE corruption. Mutibi has urged witnesses who have concerns about their safety to inform the SIU so that measures can be taken to protect them. Our cases stand or fall by the witnesses that we have. So we take the safety of 
the witnesses very serious and we interact with them, indicate to them in instances where they feel unsafe, let them uh, notify the investigators and we will take action to make sure that they are protected, including invoking the witness protection program that falls under the NPA. Members raised concerns when they were informed that only 30% of the allegations brought to the SIU on the PPE issue have turned out to be actual irregularities. They asked whether the 300 million rand spent on the investigations was worth it. Mutibi replied that while the money recovered so far is not much, there are other ways in which the state benefits from their work. That 300 million, amongst others, has produced those more than 100 findings of the officials that need to be disciplined. When the disciplinary process takes place and takes place effectively and the sanctions are are, are imposed, in many instances dismissals, we are contributing effectively in the cleaning of the system and making sure that those sanctions are deterrent. We deter those would-be people or officials who would like to be part of the irregularities. And that was the SIU head, Andy Motibi, ending that report by Joseph Masia in Parliament. Now, for a look at the consequences that the former health minister, Zuele Mkize, is likely to face, we uh, are joined on the line by constitutional law expert and director at Accountability Now, Advocate Paul Hoffman. A very good morning to you, Advocate, and welcome. Good morning, Elvis, and good morning to your listeners. Uh, just a broad outlook and your reaction to the conclusions that was reached by uh, the Special Investigating Unit. Yes, I, this is definitely part of the, uh, as, as uh, uh, um, Advocate Montebi has just said in the uh, introductory insert, it's part of the cleaning up of the administration. This idea that uh, you go into politics to get rich is actually a complete misconception of the reason for taking public office. And uh, the sooner more politicians recognize that if you're not in politics to serve the public interest, then you should rather go into business and seek to make money in business and leave the, uh, the, the public service and the work of the politicians to those who are actuated by a desire to create a better life for all. That's what the Constitution is aimed at, and it is not done by uh, uh, state capture and by COVID premierism and by basically stealing the public blind by uh, the abuse of uh, power and position that we have seen in South Africa in recent years. And uh, I think it goes back um, to the original sin of the arms deal, but it certainly reached a high tide during the Zuni years. This all needs to be addressed by reform of the system. And when it comes to whistleblowing, I think that there are many things that can be done to alleviate a lot of the whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk about whistleblowers, I would prefer to talk about what should happen next with Minister Mkhizi. Well, 
<laughs> that 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 is that is exactly it because the former minister Zwelim Kizi was allegedly also failed in his general oversight responsibilities in respect Absolutely. of the affairs of his department and and his obligations in terms of section 63 of the public finance management act so what Man, well he's he's, st- he's stolen 4 million rand and he should go to jail for that 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 is the correct proper administration of justice whether the national prosecuting authority has the necessary spinal fortitude to actually go after him is another question altogether. And you say, well, why aren't they doing their job? And the answer is because the National Prosecuting Authority has been hollowed out, compromised, and littered with cadres who are there not to administer justice, but to protect those involved in the state capture process, of which this Nkisi example is just one of many, many, many that we've mm-hmm. seen at the Zondo Commission. Now, the ANC has stood firm in its step-aside decision, which forces members to step down pending investigations into serious misconduct. Are we likely to see any action taken against Nkisi again? Well, that is a question you must ask Shalila Batoy, <laughs> because she is the one who makes the call on whether or not to prosecute him or whether to say, oh, shame, he is a very senior member of the governing party. We cannot possibly uh, do any uh, prosecuting of him because, well, the next time the governing party votes on our budget, we'll lose all our money and, and uh, then we won't be able to uh, to function uh, as as we should in terms of the Constitution. See, the Constitution is a little bit um, ambiguous in relation to the lot of the National Prosecuting Authority. On the one hand, it says that the prosecution service must be enabled to operate without fear, favor, or prejudice, which means, in a word, independently. But on the other hand, the Minister of Justice is given the final responsibility for the National Prosecuting Authority, and that final responsibility comes down to uh, financial matters and to things like what happened to Vusi Bikoli when he went after Jackie Salebi and, indeed, when he went after Jacob Zuba. He lost his job. So they are very cautious about their decision-making processes because they are not uh, treated as independently as they should be. Now, at Accountability Now, we, we have prepared a draft constitutional amendment that addresses this problem, this, this ambiguity between final responsibility uh, on the minister's shoulders and independence on Shamila Batoy's shoulders. And we, we are hoping that the Constitutional Review Committee in Parliament will come to the conclusion that the, the, the Constitution does need to be amended in that respect. And if they do that, they will go along with our big idea, which is the creation of a new Chapter 9 institution to uh, prevent, combat, investigate, and prosecute corruption in South Africa. And we will then get that better life. Wonderful. That was the constitutional law expert and director at Accountability Now, Advocate Paul Huffman, bringing the time to 5.30.